Today, I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1 today. 1 Peter chapter 1, that's where we're going to be as we continue our series on growing deep. 1 Peter's near the end of the New Testament. It's going to be over to the right quite a bit, uh, closer to Revelation than anything. But if you get to Revelation, take a little bit of a left and you will find it pretty soon. If you get to James, you've gone too far. 1 Peter chapter 1 is where we will be at today. I want to begin by asking you a question today. How do you define holiness? If I said holy, how would you define that? Probably you would use the word pure, without spot, without blemish. Holy being something that absolutely there isn't anything wrong with. That might be your idea of holy. And I wouldn't say that you'd be wrong if you said that. So, as we look at the definition of holiness today, um, I want us to, to look at Chuck Colson's statement in Loving God. He said, Holiness is the everyday business of every Christian. It, is evidences, it's, it evidences itself in the decisions we make and things we do hour by hour and day by day. In other words, what he is saying is holiness... And being holy is part of an everyday Christian's life. It isn't something that we observe from afar. It's something we are to experience ourselves. So we have to approach the idea of holiness and look at the definition of what that really and truly means. I'm sure you've heard terms like holier than thou or holy roller and things of that nature. That, those are the kind of things that you hear from people from time to time. But we want to look at this in a biblical idea, in a biblical standpoint of what it means when we talk about being holy. Who do you expect to live a holy life? Let me ask that again. Who do you expect to live a holy life? Do you, do you expect a holy life to be lived by the pastor? I would say yes. How about a holy life lived by a monk? Many of us would probably say yes, because if we think of somebody holy, we think of somebody that might look like a monk with, with the robe on Gina, who prays all the time, who doesn't do a whole lot except just stay in a monastery. Those people, we, we might call them holy, or, or, or someone like that. Or maybe, maybe mama. Mama's always holy, isn't she? <laughs> she? She's always right. Ain't that right, buddy? Mama's always right, no matter what she says. But getting back to holiness here, when it comes to being holy, who is it that we expect to live a holy life? If we look in Scripture, we may find a very clear answer, and it may surprise some of you today. But let's dive in as we look in 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's begin in verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you. Be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy." As we look at this idea of holiness and living a holy life, there is a tension that we have to encounter when we have this discussion. So the very first thing when it comes to the tension that I want you to notice, and I want you to write this down in your notes, is that we are called by the Holy One to be holy. We are called by the Holy One 
to be holy. We see that very clearly in verses 15 and 16. Let's read them again. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now some of you are probably taking a step back and going, now there's no way I can live up to this scripture. Just hang with me, lean into this a little bit. Let's dive into this and, and, and really look at it and just, just hang out here for a second. I believe we're going to begin to see something that may impact and change your mind and the way you think. E.M. Bounds said, God's entire plan is to take hold of a fallen man and to seek to change him and make him holy. Only God could take someone who is so fallen and so messed up and bring about a holiness in his life so that he can live and breathe and work in a holy manner. Only God could do that and that is his work. That is what he wants to do. Now as we look here in verse 14, as obedient children do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, the calling here is is very important because it's not merely an invitation to be holy. It is a calling to be holy. He has called you to live a life, to be a man, to be a woman, to be a boy, to be a girl, to be a husband, to be a wife, to be a daughter, to be a son that is holy before the Lord. Now this calling obviously begins with Jesus Christ coming into our life as the Holy Spirit dwells within us. There is that calling for us to be holy for He is holy holy and he dwells within us but the calling is not merely an invitation but it's a strong inner impulse a pull a a a strong desire drawing you and and taking you somewhere see that calling that's within us is calling us to live a life of holiness now the lack of an outpouring of the holy spirit in the churches and in our lives is usually because there's a lack of holiness in in our lives there's a lack of of, of the holy spirit being in control to bring that holiness into our lives as we need it so as we look at this when he says you be holy yourselves also in all your behavior what does that word holy actually mean what does it carry with it what is the connotations here that it gets gets across it does not mean sinless perfection when Peter writes that uh, God is asking us to be holy ourselves in all that we do, it's not the idea that we're going to be sinless and absolutely perfect. It is, it is the idea that we are set apart only for God, not for ourselves, not for someone else. We are set apart. Holy means to be set apart without any spot or blemish of any other thing coming in. It means that we, uh, by God's grace and mercy, by what He has done, we have been set apart. We are holy. See, here's the thing. You and I have been deemed holy, not because of your actions, not because of your words, but because of what Jesus Christ did and the Holy Spirit living within us so if you if you begin to think well I'm not very holy then I have to ask you do you have the Holy Spirit in you because if you have the Holy Spirit in you then you got some holiness inside of you you got some holy there it's resides within the Holy Spirit so holy hearts will live obedient lives to Christ this words 
this world's defilements, the things of this world will get us off track and get us off base and we'll begin to go this way and that way and we'll begin to sway and stray from being obedient to God. It doesn't remove the Holy Spirit from our life, but what it does is it drowns it out so that our actions do not reflect what's truly on the inside. And I want you to hold on to that because that's very important. Because as we look at the defilements of this world and sin and how it affects us in this area... We have to look at the other tension when it comes to this idea of holiness. Not only are we called by the Holy One to be holy, but we live in a sin factory. We live in a sin factory. Our bodies and our minds and our flesh work to produce sin in our life. It works to to do anything that it can against God. The desires of the flesh is in, in contradiction to that of the Holy Spirit. So we have to understand we live in a sin factory. Now here's the amazing thing though. Even though we live in a sin factory, did you know that we are, we are holy in our PJs? I know many of us have been home. A lot of us spend a lot of time in our pajamas now at home and we're relaxing. Anybody, um, you're probably watching church service right now in your pajamas. Just remember when we do come back, you may need to wear something different when you come to church, when we come back to church. But we often are doing things in our pajamas a whole lot more. I have Star Wars pajamas that I wear. I'm just going to confess right now, Star Wars pajamas. Uh, we, we enjoy Star Wars. And I'll put on my pajamas and I just relax in my pajamas. But when I go to look in the mirror, I'm holiness in p- pajamas. When you wake up in the morning, if you put on a bathrobe, there is holiness in that bathrobe. Even though when you look in the mirror, what you may see may not measure up to your idea of what is holy. But according to God's Word, you are holy. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And that's who you are. It's not based on what you do or you don't do. You have to begin to understand who you are first so that you can actually do and be. And we're going to get to that in just a second. Why can we not embrace being holy? Well, I think there's a lot of hurts and there's a lot of habits in our life. There's a lot of things that pain has happened in our life that causes us to to stumble when it comes to living a holy life and going deep with God. We see ourselves as a sinner rather than, than thanking God for making us holy through His Holy Spirit. We see ourselves as failures rather than someone that God is making into something great. It's that perspective that holds us back from what God desires for our life. Now, I want to make sure you understand. I'm not standing up here and say that we're going to walk around with our heads up high and we're going to act like, man, we got it all together and we're perfect because that is not the case. We're talking about we're living in a sin factory. But we have to understand first and foremost that the holiness that comes is not based on on how many times I say Jesus during the week or how many verses I can quote. It's based on the Holy Spirit dwelling in here. That's what makes me holy. And when I begin to realize that identity with that, I can begin to act out from that. As long as I believe myself to be a sinner, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sin. If I believe myself to 
to, to have a problem with a particular sin, then I'm going to continue to have a problem with a particular sin. But as soon as I grab hold of that which God has already declared, and that is that I am holy, that the Holy Spirit is the power living within me, He's given me everything needed for life and godliness, which we talked about last week from 2 Peter, then I can walk forward with my head up and say, there may be a struggle. I may live in a sin factory, but I have been called to be holy by the Holy One, and the Holy Spirit lives in me, within me, and I can be holy because it starts from inside and comes out. That's the beauty of being holy. So this isn't about us being perfect in everything we do. This is about a, a mindset, a belief, an understanding of who God has made us to be. Not something we can become, but something that we are. God has declared us to be holy. The outward reflects the inside belief. The outside will reflect what we believe on the inside. So when we look at the tension between the Holy One has called us to be holy and that we live in a sin factory, how do we resolve this idea that He, he says that we are to be holy in everything that we do? That we are to be holy just as He is holy. Because I, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to measure up to God. I don't know everything He knows. I can't do all that He does. I am not perfect like He is. But I do know that there is some tension that can be resolved with this idea of the sin factory I live in and the calling God has in our life and what we need to do with it. So I want us to look at verse 14 as we resolve this tension today. Verse 14, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. Now, one of the things that I want to point to here that's very important, uh, and, and that is the word children, as obedient children. That tells me there's a relationship with a family there. God is the Father. We are His children. The other thing we can see in verse 13, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that is that idea of who He is and what He has done for us. So there is this idea that there is a relationship that solidifies this whole idea of holiness. So the very first thing when we resolve this tension is that the holiness is determined by God's grace and not my appearance or my actions, or not even this body that I live in. This does not determine whether I'm holy or not. There's plenty of flaws in this right here. But the one thing that does not have a flaw is the Holy Spirit living within me. Now this sin factory gets in the way. But the holiness is determined by God's grace that He extended to me, not my works to obtain that holiness. See, the idea is, if holiness is based solely upon what I do or what I do not do, then we must also say that righteousness, to make us righteous, is solely based upon what we do or we do not do. But we know clearly in Scripture, if that was the case, Jesus would not have had to come. But because Jesus came to declare us righteous, He also claimed to declare us holy. The, the tension gets resolved when we begin to lean more heavily on that which we have received from God rather than that which we are trying to do or not to do in our life. Holiness is a gift from God through His grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. 
See, the Word of God declares that we are holy because of what Jesus has done, not because of what we do or we don't do. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. But now that you have been set free from sin, listen to me now, we live in a sin factory, but yet Paul declares in Romans chapter 6, verse 22, but now that you have been set free, that's not a possibility, it could be, it might work out that way. Paul is declaring, because of Jesus, now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. That holiness begins to just overflow out of us as we are set free from sin. Even though we live in the sin factory, we can be set free from it and not be enslaved by it any longer. So the second thing I I definitely want you to write down, this is probably the most important thing of, of the entire day that I want you to grab hold of, somebody needs this, is that we must be holy before we can do holy. We must be holy before we can do holy. See, we get that backwards sometimes, don't we? We want to do holy so that we'll be holy. But what God declares is we must be holy so we can do holy. We must believe and understand who we are in Christ so that we know who we are so that we can do and, and act like who we really are. Because as long as we believe we're just sinners and that we're a mess up, we're going to act like sinners and we're going to act like mess ups. And people are going to look at us and they're going to point fingers and say, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want anything to do with it. Let me declare to you today that God himself left heaven and came to earth, died on a cross, rose from a grave so that he may ascend back and a comforter may come called the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Holy Spirit, somebody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will live within us. And that Holy Spirit in us must come out in what we do. We cannot try to become holy by what we do. We do holy because of who we are in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now there's a battle that goes on, isn't there? Because it is very difficult sometimes for us to balance the two. Because our, the sin factory we live in continues to produce sin. And it is hard for us to balance that, that, that holiness that we are holy, but yet we are to do holy. But it's important that we understand we have to start with being who we are with Christ to do and do what God has called us to be. Now, holiness is not being perfect. Holiness is submitting and surrendering to God and saying, God, there are some things that's going to make me uncomfortable. There are some things in my life that is, uh, they're going to hurt. They're not going to feel good. There are some things that I really enjoy. But I would rather have your holiness than the pleasures of the flesh or the sin or of this world. That is growing deep with God. When we get to a place where we ask God to grab hold of us in such a way that He begins to move these things out of our life. That's not always easy to do. Our problem is that we try too hard to do without grabbing hold of what we are. We keep trying to do, 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 rather than grabbing hold of who God has made us to be and what He's already given to us. We are like the doctor who went to school and he graduated with a degree or a nurse that went to school and graduated and was ready to start the first day. They walk in with, with their white coat on. They walk in with, it with a stethoscope around their neck. And then all of a sudden, someone 
uh, is in the room with them. And as they're examining a patient, they look over and they say, now where exactly is the heart? What part of the body is the heart in? Or it would be like the doctor saying, um, could someone tell me what that sharp instrument is on the table? How am I supposed to use that? That would be absolutely ridiculous. They may look the part, but they have lost everything that they had been given that was inside of them, the knowledge. That's what we do as Christians. We walk around looking like we're something when we have totally not embraced who we truly are that God has given to us to be. We be through Christ first and we be through our intimate relationship with Christ so that we can do the things that are holy as He has declared here in verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust. Former, maybe you need to underline that, circle that, highlight that. Former lust which were yours in your ignorance. Other words, those things do not have to control you any longer. They have been, you have been set free, as it declared in Romans. No longer are they in control. But, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Remember, this is birthed out of who we are in Christ, that we may do what Christ has called us to and what God has called us to here in being holy. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't be holy. The Holy Spirit is what gives us the power to be holy. The Holy Spirit is what works within us to mold us and to change us and to make us into that person who acts more out of who we are on the inside rather than what we're trying to just be on the outside. So here's the holy truth today. The holy truth that, I, that we want to walk away with is this, that God's grace births holiness, but we determine its fruitfulness. God's grace births the holiness within us. There is a birthing that takes place. Jesus said you must be born again. We become a new creation when, when we come to know Christ. But when we do that, here is what takes place. We have a determination at that point as to how fruitful, how much fruitfulness is going to be yielded from that new relationship, that new birth. Holiness is a reflection of God's character in our life. For us to say that it is impossible to live a holy life and to live up to this standard is to say that God's character is just not enough. That His provisions are just coming short of what is actually uh, able to take care of that. So I'm declaring to you today that according to 2 Peter chapter 1, He's given us everything that is needed. We have what it takes because of Him. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. And that we can do this because of Him. Not because we're smart, not because we got good ideas, but because the Holy Spirit is the one that will make a change in our life. Holiness is not about rules. Being holy is not about the do's and the don'ts. It's, it's not about the shoulds or the should nots. Holiness is all about the grace that we received through Jesus Christ and allowing it to be at the center of all that we do. It is at the center of who we are. And as we live that out, we live out a holy life. E.M. Bounds said that God's work is to make holy men out of unholy men. And that is what God is working to do, to make holy men and women out of unholy men and women. And that happens through the work of the Holy Spirit. 
So what must I do with all this? I, I think we can look back at verse 13. He gives us some really good things here for us to grab hold of that can really help us in determining these things. So in verse 13 of chapter 1 of 1 Peter, it says this, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. The very first thing I think is prepare my mind for action. That is based on what I believe, what I think, uh, what my idea is. When I think about holiness and who is it that can be holy, am I looking in the mirror and saying that person can live a holy life or am I saying it's impossible for that person to be holy when the Holy Spirit lives within you? So we must prepare our minds for action. Prepare our minds and our hearts to understand that the holiness comes from the Holy Spirit, not from our actions. Start here so that your actions can move out from there. So prepare my mind for action is the very first thing that we need to do. Therefore, prepare your minds for actions. Keep sober in spirit. One translation uses the word self-control here. Keep sober in spirit. When we think of sober, it means level-headed. It means this idea that, that you're not wandering off way over here on the, the left or the right and, and you're not getting these ideas from everywhere. You have a mind that is steadfast on Christ. You have a self-discipline. You have a self-control that says, I am going to understand that there are, there's a sin factory in this world that is working within me to bring about the opposite of what God wants. God wants holiness. My flesh wants just the opposite. So understanding that, I'm going to work so that that self-control, that self-discipline, that idea that I, here is the guide, guidelines, the, the, the bumpers, if you will, and work within that. That is what we are doing when we prepare our minds for action and keep sober in spirit. That our spirit is in tune with God at all times. The third one is this. Fix my hope completely on His grace. Let's read verse 13 all together, the whole thing. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Fix your hope completely, not partly, not some of it, not just a little bit of it, but completely. All of your hope needs to be on the grace, the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, that grace was brought to you at your salvation and also at the second coming when Jesus returns. When you leave this earthly body and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When that happens, there is a revelation of Jesus Christ. We are continually learning more and more about Him and we're growing. But it is in that that we completely put our hope. We fix our hope completely on His grace, not on our thinking, not on the things that we think will give us hope, but on the grace He's already given to us. And as we begin to work from this idea that we have been made holy because of the Holy Spirit, we're not made holy by our actions or what we do and we don't do, then we can begin to actually live and walk in a way 
that we are holy. Now, someone may be saying, well, I guess if, if, I'm, if I'm made holy by the Holy Spirit, I can just live however I want. I can do what I want. I can say what I want. And I am here to tell you that is not the case. Because it said here very clearly that he talks about your actions being holy, your conduct being holy. And to be holy as God is holy. It begins on the inside. It comes out of you. There is no other option except for understanding who we are and living out from that in holiness. So today, as, as we come down to the close of this message, I want you to really keep in mind that you are not what people have said you are when they said that you just can't measure up, that you're not good enough. Even you yourself, when you say that you're just, you're just a sinner and you're a mess up and you just can't make it. Well, let me tell you, you may say that to keep you humble, but I want to declare today, be very careful, because God has declared you holy, and those things which He has declared holy, we shall not declare unholy. God has declared you holy because of His work on the cross, and every drop of blood that was spilled actually brings about that holiness. So let's grab hold of that and grow in that today and understand who we are, and may we act out of who God has already made us to be when it comes to being holy. So today, as we look at the, the challenge for this week, there's a couple of questions that's come to mind that I want you to consider over these next seven days. I want you to think about what occupies your mind the most each and every day. What occupies your mind the most? Is your mind set on all the, the, the bad things, the terrible things, the the worst things in your life or maybe the lives of others? Or is your mind set on God has made me holy and your ideas in your mind is focused on Him each and every day? That's a very good question to be asking. What occupies your mind primarily during the day? And the second one is this, is what is your greatest desire? What is your greatest desire in life? Is your greatest desire to, to, to be a, a a great race car driver or a great football player or maybe your greatest desire is to be a great doctor or a nurse or, or a great wife or a great husband. Our greatest desire should be exactly as God has declared here that we are to be holy just as the one who's called us is, is holy. And if that's our greatest desire, let me tell you, you're going to be a great doctor, a great nurse. You're going to be a great husband. You're going to be a great, great lawyer. You're going to be a, a, a great wife. You're, you're going to be great in whatever you do if you pursue that which God's called us to, and that is to holiness. So those are two questions for you to consider these, over these next seven days. As, as Gina comes to play today, I want, us to, uh, I want us to turn our hearts and our minds to the Lord, and I want us to pray. And I want us to consider the words of what Peter has told us today, that we are to be holy. This is not, this is not simply an invitation. This isn't something for you to consider in your measuring of what it is that you're going to be doing of, of options. We have all kinds of options today. We've got options now that we can go to any drive through anywhere and get any kind of food. You know, today after church, I'm going to be going to a restaurant. I'm going to be picking up lunch for us, and we're going to, I'm going to be taking it home. And we have these options. This is not a, just another option in the life of a Christian. This is what God has declared through Peter, a man who failed, who denied Jesus, who messed up, is declaring to us that we can be holy because He is holy, that we are to act holy 
because He's called us to that way. Would you pray with me now? Father, we know that Your Word, Your Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing joint and marrow, it penetrates our hearts and our minds. Today, Father, we pray that Your Word will do a work within us. That as we have been living under the, under the weight of this world, as we've been living under the, the shackles of sin, as we've been living under the enslavement of just not being able to measure up. Lord, let us be set free today. For your word declares that we are holy and that we are to be holy so that we can do holy. Let's not get that reversed, Lord. Remind us, remind us that you have done a work within us greater than anything we can do outside of us. Lord, you have made us holy. I thank you for your Holy Spirit living and dwelling within me. Lord, without your Holy Spirit, I'd be an absolute mess. My wife could not stand me and and my kids would run away from me if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit living within me. I believe that with all my heart. So Lord, today, I thank you for the Holy Spirit and the work that He has done within me. I pray now, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will do a work in the people who are listening to this message. That the Holy Spirit will work in a way to bring about a holiness that will begin to come out of their words out of their actions and everything they say and they do. Lord, today, if someone does not have the Holy Spirit living within them, that means that they do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So today is the best day. This is the best time to ask you to forgive them and to take over their life. So right now, as their head head is bowed and their eyes are closed, Father, they can ask you to forgive them and take over their life. And Lord, when they do that, the Holy Spirit can come dwell within them. It's only when we make that choice to say we've messed up, God forgive me, and take over my life, can that Holy Spirit move in and then make us holy through that. So right now, Lord, we pray that someone will make that decision this day to accept you as their Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you for your word pray that you continue to work in a great and mighty way in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.